Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. May the praises of God be in their mouths, and may a two-edged sword in their hands, in order to take revenge on the nations and punish foreigners. Psalm 149, 6 and 7. Remember the movie WALL-E? Major spoilers for the movie are ahead, but it's also 15 years old, so it's your fault if I spoil the movie for you. It's a cute movie, but it makes some stunningly accurate observations about humanity. WALL-E is a trash compactor robot. He's been given the task of cleaning up the planet. He's been alone on the planet for years, gathering trash and smashing it into small cubes. He stacks the cubes into towers. Earth has been abandoned. Humanity is all gone. It's a wasteland. Just Wally and his trash cube towers. But through a strange turn of events, we find out that humanity is not dead. They are simply evacuated. They're on a spaceship waiting for Earth to be cleaned up and inhabitable again. Wally stumbles on the promotional videos for the spaceship. The ship offers everything the humans could want. There's a spa, a pool, golf, and ways for the whole family to enjoy their stay in space while Earth is cleaned up. Space is the final frontier, the CEO of the company exclaims to close the commercial. But that's the great plot twist of the movie. Wally finds the spaceship and discovers the humans, but they don't look like the humans from the commercial. Instead of the fit and trim family units on the commercial, everyone is severely overweight. Instead of frolicking around in the pool, everyone is sitting on their hover chair. The spa sits completely unused. Humans are just sitting there, watching movies on their portable hover chair screens and eating food that robots deliver to them. Personally, I find it ironic that Pixar, a digital entertainment company, is critiquing us for consuming too much digital entertainment. The spaceship, though, has tricked humanity. It is oppressing them, keeping them dull and useless. As long as they are entertained, the humans keep signing up for more of the same treatment. The section I read to you from Psalm 149 is harsh. The scripture quoted above grates on our sensibilities today. The idea of God's people executing vengeance on foreigners is offensive. We like to think of God as a loving God, and we don't like to think about how our God uses violence. In my opinion, the American church has become like the humans on Wally. The way our government has protected our religious freedoms has allowed us to become soft. Suffering and persecution are major themes in God's word, and I've experienced none of it. It's easy for me to sit in my comfortable, climate-controlled home, surrounded by Bibles and prayer books, living as a professional pastor, and be offended by the violence that I see in Psalm 149. But the truth is that the call to follow Jesus is much grittier in other parts of the world. To follow God in 500 BC, the time that Psalm 149 was written, was much riskier. There was a real chance that you'd be killed by a neighboring nation just because you were trying to do what God had asked. And the fact is that the violence isn't over either. In the book of Revelation, the author sees a vision of what Jesus looks like when he returns. Revelation 19 describes Jesus as a man with flaming eyes, a thigh tattoo, a sword coming out of his mouth, a robe drenched in blood, and leading an army. Does this make you uncomfortable? Does this offend you? Why? As we approach the end of the book of Psalms, I think that passages like Psalm 149 are very important. They make us grapple with the parts of God that we don't understand and we don't necessarily like. The fact of the matter is that God is God. He is the final authority and the only judge. Our role is to submit to him and follow him. 
We are not supposed to attempt to shape him into something that makes us feel good. We're not supposed to selectively read the Bible to only find the parts that bring a warm, fuzzy feeling. God is not just our savior. He's also our judge. He's not just the ultimate example of love. He's also the final authority. He's not just the one that provides strength. He also deals out punishment. We cannot have one without the other. Let's pray. Dear Father, I worship you. Help me to walk away from my preconceived notions of who you are and to read scripture for what it actually says, not what I want it to say. Help me to submit myself to your lordship and not just accept your love. You are my king and I humble myself before you. Here's a couple questions as we close today. Number one, what's your gut reaction to passages like Psalm 149? How can you reconcile Psalm 149 with the God that you know and worship? I encourage you to do some research as we close today. Dig into parts of the Bible that make you uncomfortable. Learn how it fits and what is actually true rather than just ignoring it. We'll see you next time as we pray together.